Welcome, Sacred Disruptor, to the Sovereign Society podcast. I'm your guide, Sabrina Riccio, modern medicine priestess, golden age business mentor, and marketing muse for spiritual entrepreneurs. In this sacred temple, we explore what it means to embark on your spiritual journey towards sovereign embodiment, multidimensional leadership, and social justice while honoring a business of integrity. Gathered here are some of the world's leading mentors, healers, and revolutionists alike as they share activating codes of guidance and transmissions of wisdom that will empower you to thrive. As a sovereign leader, you are here, embodied in your truth and on your evolutionary mission to answer the call, move the masses, and activate your legacy for the generations to come. You are here to unleash your medicine. Welcome home. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Sovereign Society podcast. I'm your guide, Sabrina Riccio, and let me just say how grateful I am to be here with you. I don't know about you, but I'm still integrating the medicine of the 222-222 portal. And while this episode is airing on March 2nd, March 3rd, we got 33222. Two, two, two. <laughs> I'm still tongue twisted around all these twos that have been super special. But it's interesting because if you remember in episode two weeks ago, another two. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just have way too much fun. Uh, but if you remember a month ago, actually, a month ago today, we had, so it was four weeks ago, but a month ago today, I was talking about the deeper medicine of the 22222 to the 222222 portal. And while, you know, 22222 was, I'm sorry, having so much fun, was two weeks ago. It's been interesting because even with these beautiful number synchronicities and Just the overall energy collectively of what's been going on, where we're doing our best to not even acclimate to the energies, but I would say be aware of the energies and choose to be in that 5D unity consciousness. And to me, that is divine intimacy. 5D unity consciousness brings forth the as your connection to God, your connection to source. And for you to be able to be in the space where you have intimacy within yourself, with your partner, with your clients. You know, last week I was talking a lot about what it takes to create content that is impactful and powerful and genuine, right? Because I think we're craving a lot more of this too. We've we've been able to understand like, okay, social media and modern technology isn't going anywhere. And this is a tool we're working with to spread our medicine and our message around the world. But there is no more bullshit that can be really seen or people are you know, can really spot it from a mile away. I think there's been more and more people that have done the deeper work. And if you're someone who hasn't been awakened yet, without a doubt, that recent 222-222 portal was a massive initiation for your spirit. By now, you may have been feeling some some shifts or recognizing some shifts. Um, And if you've been someone who's been devoted to the spiritual path for a while, you're seeing what 
isn't in alignment and where it hasn't been in alignment and how you need to get out of your own way in that sense. And so this episode is super special because I have a former one-on-one sovereign CEO client here. And this woman, Alison Lassard, she's just such a light and the definition of genuine and authentic. And she's been really on this mission to really help busy, burnt out women prioritize self-devotion and pleasure. And she's been really on mission to help women get out of their heads and back into their bodies. And it's interesting because I recorded this episode with Allison right after uh, my grandmother passed. And it was challenging for me because, you know, what this student becomes the teacher in a way, this is something that I've had to really work on within myself and to heal myself. And, you know, this is something that I've been really devoted to, um, especially this year. It's one of my major intentions and working through it. And so to be able to have Allison here and to, to hear, you know, a student and to witness how this woman has embodied her medicine, I'm really excited for you to tune in and hear more of what that feels like or what it takes to cultivate intimacy and not just within yourself, of course, and with your partner, but most importantly, the divine. And so we talked a lot about that as well as honoring divine timing when it comes to answering the call and taking initiative, as well as the importance of recognizing the patterns and conditions that have been reoccurring in your life so that you can start to take radical responsibility. We also talked about demystifying being quote unquote too damaged in order to self-sabotage you or, you know, you're too damaged to be in a relationship. We talked a lot about that. And that was the one for me that was, you know, the mirror to say the least. Uh, But we also talked a lot about understanding that because you have needs, it doesn't mean you're codependent as well as the importance of women, including men, when it comes to intimacy and spirituality. Um, This is a sacred union, of course, within ourselves first and with the divine, but also within our partner. And so these are the things that we need to work through. So we talked a lot about that and the evolution of spiritual teachings as well as Kundalini rising and the integration of self through body awareness. So Allison is here. You can go check her out on Instagram, allison.lassard, L-E-S-S-A-R-D. All the links are in the show notes below. But she's been really passionate about sensual embodiment practices and guided meditations and tantric intimacy tools to help women really carve out the space to slow down and to come home of of themselves. So I'm really proud of her because she's created the Rose Temple, which is a feminine mystery school for the more mature women. So she's helping women in their late thirties and and up who are ready to really embody their own unique expression of sacred sensuality and sexuality. And so seeing Allison live out her sole purpose of supporting women to embrace pleasure as their birthright, as they go forth and really remember that their body is a temple of devotion and love. I'm just so proud of her and I'm excited for you to hear about 
you know, her medicine and to really take what resonates and release the rest. Um, let us know what you think. You can watch this on YouTube as well. If you haven't subscribed to my channel, Sabrina Riccio, uh, youtube.com, excuse me, youtube.com slash Sabrina Riccio. And uh, there's a lot of coming here as well as stuff I'm working on. I'm just in this season right now of cultivating that divine intimacy within myself, navigating through, you know, four deaths in two months and just my health stuff. So I appreciate your love and support. And I would love if you have a minute to leave a rating and review on iTunes so that we can continue to share this medicine, because this is a platform that I'm really passionate about. And while I'm, you know, doing my best to honor myself so that I can be fully present for you, I'm really, really passionate about sharing these conversations and the medicine of this podcast. So I want to thank you for tuning in and for listening, but without, without any hesitation and for us taking the leap, let's dive in about honoring the journey through divine intimacy with Alison Lassard. Enjoy. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Sovereign Society podcast. I'm really pumped. This is a super special conversation because I have a former client. Yay! Allison Lassard here. Yes, I had Allison as one of my one-on-one client for three months. She was in Sovereign CEO. And it's been some time since we worked together. So to see the evolution of her business and her brand and her medicine has been super special. I feel like I'm like the annoying mom, like at like a high school football game with like the poster sign, like, yeah, <laughs> like that's me when I see Allison's posts and her graphics and all the things. So I'm really, really excited to be here with her and to have this conversation. So again, thank you, Allison, so much for being here. And for coming on the podcast with me today. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. It has been a journey. So, it's a journey yeah. unfolding, but it was it was quite the year. But yeah, we've both come a long way. <laughs> yeah, we've come a long way. I mean, we booked to record this a while ago. Yeah. And between all of my health issues um, and life, it yeah. was just... It's all in due timing, you know, and I think that's the thing that we have to also understand is to just continue to trust the process and and to trust the divine timing in things. And I think that's a really big thing that's coming up for us as well is to also trust the divine timing of when we're really being asked to step up and lead in the way that we're here to to lead and the way that we're here to really answer the call. So I would love to hear, you know, the evolution of your work because now, you know, you're focusing so much on intimacy and helping people really dive in really deep within and to honor the spiritual journey and really trust the process that you embarking on the spiritual journey allows you to not only cultivate an intimate relationship with yourself and maybe your partner, but more specifically the divine. Um, yeah. So I would love to hear, you know, what was, what was the drive or the call that was like, Hey, I'm here to really bring more of this education, awareness and support around intimacy. I I love that you mentioned the connection with the divine because I feel like for me the the sort of the the 
gap that I wanted to bridge with the work that I do and what's become more clear to me over the last couple of years, but especially when 2020 happened and we started to all feel so divided and things were happening in the world, like really separating people. Like, obviously we, we understand separation at a higher level, but just on a tangible level, like just feeling really isolated from people, feeling all of that conflict, you know, going on around the world, but also, you know, those of us that are on a spiritual path understand that what's going on outside is also going on within us. And I feel like at that point, my, you know, I had started on YouTube talking about conscious relationship a really long time ago, like maybe eight years ago. And it evolved, you know, over time. The reason I shifted into intimacy specifically was because I could see that what was really missing for people was a deeper understanding of their connection to the divine, like their connection to all that is and how that influences the relationship that we have both with ourselves and with other people. And I felt like a lot of people are just missing that spiritual connection. And so they tend to see themselves as just like the, like the world is happening to them. And I really wanted to help people understand that the more intimate you become with yourself, the more self-aware you are, the more that you can create that self-awareness and build on that, the more you understand that we're creating this as well. And I wanted to really help people understand how powerful they are and to understand that if we want to see the change out there, you know, the quote by Gandhi, be the change you wish to see. Like that always has rung true to me. It really deeply resonates for me. Like if we want to see a change with the way that people are treating one another, we want to see a change in the way, you know, we want to see people act more loving or we want to see people be more kind to one another. Like we're not going to be able to cultivate, cultivate that collectively until we collectively, sorry, until we cultivate that within ourselves, like, and create that kind of intimacy. For ourselves first. And some some people are afraid to come face to face and really look at, you know, the areas in their lives of where they need to be more intimate. I know for me, uh, when I really embarked on my spiritual journey, it was, of course, cultivating my own relationship with the divine beyond what I was taught in the church or right. from my family Um or society as a whole, right? Yeah. And it was about cultivating that relationship within myself so that I can share from that space of overflow as well, because I didn't want someone outside of me to have power over me when it came to their holding my intimacy. Like right. they're the ones that are responsible for my intimacy. Yes, a person can be a catalyst or like ignite and really inspire you to dive in deeper. But if you're giving them 100% of the responsibility or like, uh, the reins over, then where is the embodiment of your sovereignty? Where is the truth of who you are? Where is the deeper understanding of your radiance and your magnificence? It's, it's harder to recognize that. Again, if you think all those answers or all of that discovery is outside of yourself. Exactly. And that's where a lot of people get lost. And that's where be people become so dependent on the external validation or the extra. There's nothing wrong with being validated by a person. It's fine. It's if we're depending on it and we identify with it outside of ourselves always, we're going to naturally feel depleted and empty and lost and confused because it's never out there. It's always the connection that we have within and to source, right? Because we are source energy. <laughs> so we're just an extension of source. And when we connect back in with that inner knowing, it helps us both give and receive in a way that is really open. You know what I mean? It's really limitless. It doesn't feel like we're just draining ourselves and then we have to fill back up with that. There's this infinite supply of energy. And if we can remain 
you know, connected in with that universal supply, it becomes, it just changes the whole dynamic in all of our relationships. So that's why all of the things that I do in my programs and my coaching, whatever it is that I'm offering, it starts really with the self-devotion, really starting to focus within and going within and starting practices that guide us back inside. And then from there, you take what you're cultivating on the inside. And then that's naturally going to both exude out of you. Like you said, that's your radiance, but it's also consciously what you're bringing into relationship. Like the more that we're going within and starting to become more aware of ourselves and and our triggers and the things that activate us and the things that upset us and the things that, you know, throw us off course and we can start to self-soothe and, and, and take care of our nervous systems. You know this because you taught Kundalini yoga, like you completely get that that's so, it's just a piece that a lot of people don't understand yet. So the more awareness we can bring and to how powerful we are and to how much we have the ability to both soothe ourselves and also be open and receptive to others coming and meeting our needs without it becoming like codependent basically. So there is like a, there's a balance, there's discernment. We, we, we grow through learning. We got to fall down too. You know, there's no like perfect, like, oh, you have to be perfectly healed to be in a better relationship. You do not. You do not. You could be a person with a lot of trauma and a lot of pain and be in a relationship and can still be a great relationship. People are growing, you know, and relationship is just another vehicle for growth. And I I think that that stigma around I'm too wounded to have a good relationship is something also that I want to demystify because I feel that that's so limiting. And I feel like it's really, I mean, obviously we all know that there is a certain we could be truly trapped in our traumas and our relationship and it could become a lot of suffering, a lot of pain between two people if they're completely unconscious. But, you know, a lot of us are not completely unconscious. So we're going in with some self-awareness. And then you have the opportunity to decide amongst the two of you, you know, what kind of relationship you want to have. But I really want people to remember, like, you don't need to completely love yourself to be loved. You do not have to be, feel completely healed to be loved. Like you're 100% worthy right now. And I don't know that a lot of us feel that way. So I feel like that's a really big piece of what I'm trying to shine light on right now is just reminding people, you get to be imperfect. You get to be human and you're you're whole and complete right now. We just don't remember. We just don't remember our essence. And so in those moments where we feel broken and we feel like we're too much or we're too little, it's just connecting back in with the truth in those moments. And I think that's, that's kind of the core of what I'm doing with everybody in my, in my offerings in the Rose Temple right now my women's group for the year. And even in one-on-one, just guiding people back to that truth of like, you're whole and complete. Even yeah. That I way. mean, fuck, that was like thinking I was so damaged was what really pushed me away from intimacy, this intimacy and this man that I loved because I saw myself. And of course I wanted to like heal myself. I didn't want, I wanted to be in a space where it was like, I didn't want him to have to deal with all of my, I was like, I was really, that was when I was discovering who I was at that time and realizing and seeing how much of responsibility in the areas that I needed to also take in my life. So I think there's like, there's a dance between that of like, like you said, like you don't need to be 100% perfect to be in that partner. Yeah. (laughs) Literally no such thing. Everybody has It's not, it's, it's, it's just a, to me, it's a trauma response. And maybe that can be a trauma response of feeling unworthy or not enough or, um, and that can go back from childhood, you know? And it's been interesting because uh, since I got COVID and the passing of my grandmother, 
I've seen how a lot of my, uh, the, like there are still remnants of my childhood trauma, like playing <laughs> and present and being able to get into the space where it was like, okay, so this is what's happening and it's coming up right now for me to alchemize because it's time for me to really understand what remnants are still, uh, have maybe been bypassed as well. So I think there's also that dance of like what's been bypassed and what, what have you actually taken like responsibility for and how can you also give yourself credit for what, how far you've, you've come. And I think that's the other piece as well. Yeah. Not being so hard on ourselves if we're not aware of something like we, I feel that the lessons will repeat and the patterns will repeat until we're ready to integrate them. And if we're not ready, it's like, then it's not the right time. And that's okay too. You know, things really definitely happen in alignment in the way that our soul, like our readiness on a soul level to integrate and, and, and to really fully like when something lands, it lands, but we can't exactly time that. <laughs> and that's okay yeah. too, you know? And that's part of trusting the process of as course. well. A hundred percent. Like I think trusting the mystery right now, you know, the way that I launched my latest offering, it was like, well, I said to the women, I'm creating it in real time with you guys. I have a loose outline, but there's something about trusting and surrendering the entire process and knowing that the thing that's most alive is going to present itself as we go. And so, you know, to pre-plan an entire program to me, talking about this and what we're discussing right now just didn't feel right. I was like, how can I pre-plan everything? I don't know what's going to happen next month. I can have an, an idea of what I want to do together, but this is also co-creation. So as we move through the year together and through the year's path, like different themes are going to arise with this specific group of people. And so let it also be a co-creation, right? And let Mm -hmm. that mystery be part of the healing because I do feel that a big piece of the suffering right now that people are experiencing is the, the real fear around trusting the unknown and releasing our grip on needing to know all of the logical answers. And that is like a fear response. And so in day to day life, that's not always an easy thing to embody, but I do feel that it's a huge collective sort of lesson that's being highlighted or something. I think that's the other piece too, is that we've been so ingrained with so much fear and especially Mm -hmm. in the last like two years that it has (laughs) triggered people to recognize their own fear response. Definitely. I think that's been the gift almost of this. Totally. It's a painful one sometimes, but I definitely, you know, it's not, it's confronting sometimes when we see our stuff and we're like, oh, wow. Like you said, oh, I've been ignoring that or oops, that keeps presenting itself and it's really painful to look at, but it's usually painful to look at because either there is something that we need to feel that we haven't felt yet or we're judging it. I feel like Yeah. And this piece. is what's, this is what's interesting too, is that this year in 2022, we have four Mercury retrogrades. This one has been nuts, this last one. And I'm not like a big, oh, I give my power to any planets, but like it has been weird the last couple of weeks. There's been a lot of stuff going on. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> it's been super intense. Yeah. And, you know, we're also navigating through like America's Pluto return. Yeah. So that's there's a big just one. Been so much of that deep underworld yeah. shit. Yeah. Coming yeah, up. Yeah. It's like a shadow work, right? Mm hmm. 
Yeah. And so with a lot of this is, again, is recognizing the patterns. Mm -hmm. What what are the patterns that are showing up and really presenting themselves and again, taking that radical responsibility, those patterns, under, recognizing those patterns as a form of intimacy. Absolutely. It's like a love language, like really knowing what's going on within you and, and having the a quality time you have with yourself. It's huge, you know, and the more that you can bring that consciousness and that awareness into your relationship, the better it's going to be for the other person as well. And even knowing that other person's like strongest like their stuff, like being like, what is the, what activates this person a lot? What is really challenging for this person? What is the way that they like to be loved, you know, and starting to really understand one another in that way. It can, it can so quickly and so vastly improve the connection. And I think sometimes we underestimate kindness in a relationship and listening because I feel like people don't really ask or they don't ask the question or they don't, you know, they don't think that it's enough. Like maybe they think they have to go like, do 10 million things. And it's like, what if you were to just ask your partner what they really needed? And they may not know what they need because a lot of us weren't taught how to ask for what we need. So that's a learning process in and of itself as well, right? Like learning to be brave and 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 ask for our needs to be met. And I think that's part you know, of the stigma need- that's being broken right now yeah. as well too. Yes. I think that's really important. That's a piece of the work that I want to really bring to the world is like to, to, to learn to ask for our needs to be met and that it's not you're not codependent because you have needs. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us were so afraid to have needs when we were growing up that we became avoidant of both speaking our truth and also of being supported and being able to receive, you know, in return. And we, we, we give and give and give, but can we, you know, also ask for what we need and know that it's safe to do that. And, and maybe learn what we need because we may not know. We may have had to over-function as children or as young adults. And then as adults, right, we're like, I don't even know how to ask for my needs to be met because I've been doing it all by myself. And it's been, it can be an ancestral pattern in itself as well, you know, and I I really do believe that regardless of, you know, our age, I think we as a collective, we are Mm -hmm. the ones that are really uh, dismantling that piece right there is that like we there's a lot more I think because of things like the like podcasts and social media and the internet where more people are sharing more and more of their journeys and their stories and are being more vulnerable that people are recognizing like hey there's alternatives into how I can really show up and there's alternatives Mm -hmm. into ways of being and living that go again, like I said in the beginning, like beyond what we taught, we're taught by our ancestors or in the church or from childhood or from early, you know, just things that we adopted from early childhood. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they're not working anymore. It's like, we need to dismantling it outline. <laughs> yeah, we need a revision ASAP. And that's why, that's why I, I, I love calling like my crew sacred disruptors is because yeah. We're disrupting a status quo, but there's a purpose and intention with it. It's coming from a space of purity. And, you know, and I think a piece of that, again, like there's more people that are choosing to do the deeper inner child work. There are more people who are finding balance within their own inner masculine and feminine, understanding that you have both masculine and feminine, regardless of your gender, sex. Um, And... Also for it to be 
comfortable to have conversations with other genders about intimacy. And, you know, I remember when I first started this podcast, I was this, I've been thinking about it. I was thinking about it last night too. I, it was the Sovereign Goddess podcast. And oh, interesting. I yeah. had, I had my brother Luke's story be like, so when are you going to allow men to come on? And as a projector, like I just need that invitation. And I'm like, oh yeah. shit, like you're right. Especially cause I always grew up as like one of the boys. Um, in my group, in my women's group this year, our sort of focal point or the scene of it is the sacred union and talking about, you know, that the alchemy of those energies within ourselves, the masculine and feminine. And I'm bringing in both like women and men to like guest teach on a, on a few like specific topics. And I was sharing with them the same thing. I'm like a lot of, you know, I did interviews with men years back on my YouTube and I called it the awakening like man series. It's like back in 2016. Cause I had a lot of men, they were like, we want to share. We don't like have anywhere to go. No one's asking us and like inviting us on their podcast. Cause like it was very women focused. Mm-hmm. I felt in a lot of these like spiritual circles. And I thought that was so interesting. Cause I'd always had a lot of male friends as well. So I remember doing that back then. And then even recently, as I shifted into more of the intimacy, like I did a, a more feminine, the program that we worked on together, the feminine embodiment series. And that was amazing for women only right after that. And I started to shift into intimacy. I got a lot of requests from men and they just want to learn, you know, they're like, we want to have better relationships too. Like you guys aren't the only ones. Like we definitely want to learn. We're here. We're listening. And yeah, that's definitely not to be overlooked because it's really important to get everyone in on the conversations and really honor that a lot of people want to learn. And this is how we become part of the solution. You know what I mean? Otherwise, it's it's repeated <laughs> patterns, you know? Yeah, I'm just over that too. I'm like, let's open it up. Like, let's connect with more people. Let's give more people the platform. Let's give also men the mic. Like, I'm so curious to hear men's experiences and to... I literally was drafting a post today on this, on being more compassionate. I grew up with very sensitive men in my life. My, my father, my stepfather, they, they were both like magical men. Like my dad sees spirit and my stepdad's a healer. And so I was like, you know, I feel blessed in a way to have grown up with men that were in tune and deeply emotional, but also struggled so much to, to communicate their feelings and to really share in a vulnerable way as so many men do, but you know, especially men that are highly, highly sensitive and deeply emotional, like it's really painful for them to not feel like they can share or maybe growing up with people that were very critical of that. So, you know, I've always been pretty aware, but it's nice to start to open up the space and just hear from more men and hear their experiences as well. It's, it's very healing. You know what well, I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, imagine these young boys, like they, mm-hmm. they can have actually role models of men mm-hmm. that where it isn't the taboo for them to feel their sensitivities and it isn't taboo for them to yeah to feel emotion, you know, I think those are the things that we need to, again, how can we take initiative with things now to set precedent for the generations to come? Yeah, exactly. We're the healing, we're the, we are bridging the gap, you know what I mean? And I feel like the more of us that both do the internal, we start to understand our own energies, our own feminine and masculine energies and our own emotions and our own patterns. Like, yeah, we set the stage and just being compassionate for people that are learning right now, no matter what age they are. I have clients of all ages, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. 
and everyone's where they need to be, but they're, you know what I mean? Like to be compassionate, even as people are older and they're coming in and they still want to learn. And some people feel like, Oh, I'm so late in my journey. It's like too late for me. I'm like, it's never too late. Like you're where you need to be and you're open now. Maybe you couldn't have heard this 10 years ago. Maybe your, your consciousness wasn't ready yet. Mm. You just weren't going to even hear it. It could have flown by you 25 times and it didn't land because it wasn't the right time. So things really do happen in the right time. And yeah, we don't have to be young to learn this, but it is really encouraging to see more women and men, you know, on both or all genders, you know, people just coming out, humans being more integrated and sharing. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it gives me hope and optimism for what's to come. And I think it's important for us to have these conversations or to bring this awareness. And like you said, if we can go forth and really not beat ourselves up for that's the thing. Yeah. For like being quote unquote too late. Uh, no such thing. <laughs> yep. You know, I, <laughs> toss it in the bin. <laughs> yeah. To, for being too late. Then again, that's another way where you're giving your power outside of you or you're allowing this, this stigma or this belief or this conditioning to, to have power over you. And again, where's, where's that sovereignty? It's not there. We can change at any moment, right? We can turn it right back around and be like, nope, I'm calling all my power back to me in this moment and my time is right now. Yeah. And I think there's also, you know, it's interesting too to see how people's spiritual practice is also evolving. Uh, So much. I was wanted to hear your thoughts on that, especially from your perspective, because you really were deep in the Kundalini community and so much has changed with that. Yeah. Um, It's been interesting for me. You know, there's definitely like, as we record this, I'm in the process of editing my book and there's pieces of Mm. Kundalini yoga, obviously I'm talking about in it. I'm definitely not as active as I was. Um, But I also think that's part of being okay with your spiritual journey evolving. To me, you know, like I'm, I'm really answering the call after being so sick in the last year. And having like multiple seizures and losing my memory and like 50 vials of blood drawn and like no answers, all this shit, you know, I, I trust that thing, like there's, there's nuggets that I can take with me from the past that I still resonate with, but it's okay to leave the rest. And I know for me, you know, like I'm, I want to focus more on books and writing and speaking um, more so than being on a computer, because when talk, talking great. back about patterns as well, um, yes. I hid behind my computer when I was really deep in depression as a kid. Mm-hmm. And so for me to dismantle those patterns, I have to change my practices. And, you know, the ways that we we live, the ways that we show up, the things that we do you know, you're a spiritual being having a human experience. You don't need to be in prayer or like chanting mantra or doing yoga to be spirit, to be spiritual. Like how are you choosing to walk with God and be that sacred vessel of the divine through your everyday interactions? And absolutely, I think that's what a lot of whatever you're doing, that's what a lot of people (laughs) are recognizing as well is really understanding like, well, and that's, that's what I really have been feeling um, after my last episode that I had, just like, whoa, I'm really a spiritual being in this human experience. Like I'm finding myself yeah. more and more detached from 
being human, it feels very weird to me. Um, and even just like being where I'm at or whatever, it's like, you know, I've had very many near death experiences. Um, and so there's a lot more of that gratitude and appreciation as well. Um, but I think there's, you know, there's, there's a, there's a fine line between, you know, doing you, you do you, and also having reverence for tradition and the teachings, because there are some great pieces of the traditions in spiritual teachings that I think are important mm-hmm. to honor. And I also feel that a lot of these teachings can be outdated as we continue mm-hmm. to evolve and expand our consciousness and our awareness individually and collectively. And I think that's the big piece that isn't spoken about enough. Like, again, I think there's there's paying reverence to the past and like honoring the traditions and those things. But some of these traditions were racist or sexist or, you know, things like that, that are just like, this doesn't resonate with me. Why? If you think about it as like the guru or whoever was like, at a more elevated level of consciousness, like let's say thousands of years ago and the collective consciousness hadn't really like evolved as quickly. And I think like, as we've gone through time and even now, like we see that in some way, it it might not feel this way because we look on the outside and we think seriously, is this happening? But I do believe just collectively our consciousness has um, shifted quite a bit. And so the, the age of like us, like you said in the beginning, this is the sovereign society podcast, like the age of giving our power away to anything outside of ourselves and no, like we get to be the direct link to spirit. And so obviously the teachings are going to evolve or dissipate. New things are going to come through people. Uh, we all have our own consciousness. Like I bring through whatever comes through me in my teachings. I don't, I don't stick to a specific practice because I never really learned from a specific lineage. I, I am like a, an, trained yoga teacher, but it wasn't with a specific, like it was just sort of like a Hatha yoga, like that's it. So for me, it was always that way. I didn't have a lineage that I was following specifically. And now I don't at all, really. I just tune in and I let whatever comes through, comes through. But, you know, I guess that does take a certain level of like trust and also letting go of the need to define what it is or to have a label for it or to um, explain it logically to people. It's like, does it resonate? If it's, if it resonates, then take what resonates and leave the rest and trusting the resonance over, you know, the narrative. I think there is a lot of that. That's also, like you said, kind of being dismantled and it can be scary because people like rules. People like things lined out. People like to know an outline, like that gives our, our mind, our ego, like it gives us a sense of security. But I do feel that, um, the reason why people have such a hard time taking their power back, quote unquote, and being powerful is because when you're powerful and you're in your power, there's no more blame consciousness. So then there's no more pointing fingers. There's no more saying, but I read it in this book and the book told me to do it and it went badly. So now I'm going to blame the book or the person that taught it to me like those things disappear and then it's us and it's us being responsible and accountable for the choices that we make and, you know, the ripple that it puts out into the world or the karmic, if we want to say energetic, uh, you know, cause and effect of, of what we're doing in the world and, and what we're participating in that scares people, you know, the accountability piece does scare people. And I get it. I completely get it because it can be really confronting to realize how easily we give our power away. Especially when those fears and that shame of the past comes mm-hmm. through. Absolutely. And like, people still oh, really God, heavily identifying, I, you know, 
what yeah. would my with grandparents trauma. say? Mm. Or, you know, what would my parents say? And there can be some of that still yeah. inner child wound. Sure. A fear of the tribe, like uh, rejecting us. That's a really big piece of people, you know, being powerful and shifting and, and doing what they feel is right for them is facing the fear of like, mm, my family might not like this. Mm-hmm. My Again, that, tri- that primal de- de- desire to be part of the tribe and to be accepted. It's like having to face the fact that not everyone's going to like your truth and not everyone's going to be on board with it. And are you okay with that? Mm-hmm. And can you still be in your truth when other people react to it or other people have a... And can you allow that person to also have their own uh, response or beliefs? Without taking it personally. Totally. Because I I come from a, like my mom's uh, sister's very evangelical. Oh, boy. And, you know, there's definitely my godmother. And so (laughs) there's been challenges and pieces, you know, and Mm -hmm. there's been great, you know, with the over time, like there's just more compassion and there's some things that she can throw at me that I'm like, "Mm." this is why like more conscious relating is so important, right? Because we have to understand that everybody's seeing life through their own lens and we're not always going to agree. And people are going to project just like we project our stuff sometimes unconsciously, consciously, whatever, like it happens. And to be able to be more, like more merciful towards people, like people are having their experience. And a lot of people are deeply unconscious of what they're even doing, saying they're reactive. They're not really responsive. They don't really, they're not there yet. They just, they're doing the best that they can. And sometimes for us, it might be really difficult. And sometimes you can't teach an old dog new tricks. No, it's not your job anyways. (laughs) It's like you do you and other people, it's like, yeah, you can lead them to the water, but are they even asking to be led? They may not want to be led to the water. So let them be. And letting people have their own experience and not taking it personally and not getting involved in it is a massive step Mm -hmm. for people. In relationship. I mean, that well, in and of itself that's would change. where you can see, like, is this how <laughs> yes. you're trying to still control? Control, change, mm-hmm. uh, be dependent on them to feel a certain way for you to be at peace. This is the relationship dojo. This is like how I consider like relationship, the training ground, and especially relationships that are challenging mm-hmm. for us. Like those are the ones that are teaching us so much as well, because I don't know, like for me and my journey, I've lived with family multiple times for years at a time. And it's been deeply challenging, but it's also been, like I said, I felt like it was my dojo. I was like, this is where I'm really learning the real meditation. Mm -hmm. Like, can you bring that shit to real life? Well, it's easy to sit in quiet maybe and and do your practice. Can you bring that to the chaos and still be at peace? Can you be who you really are? Like, can you be authentic in the midst of uh, dissonance? Because that's what it's been like also. Mm-hmm. Definitely on very different wavelengths uh, in terms of belief systems. And I've just had to stand my ground. And it was difficult. At one point, I had to actually move out to keep my bodily autonomy. I had to leave. And I left home for six months uh, because I was like, no, I'm not going to make that choice. It doesn't work for me. It's not an alignment. And I, I literally prayed. I was like, if this is meant to, if I'm not meant to do this, show me the mm-hmm. way. And I found an apartment in like 48 hours. It was just magic, but I got out. Like I didn't have to do it. So I felt like I was willing to face the consequences. I was willing to, you know, sacrifice something. But I also was like, I'm not sacrificing my sovereignty in that moment. That was too important to me. And the universe provided 
and I was fine and I didn't have to betray myself. So I feel like that was a really, really big eye opener for me too, of like, it actually helped me trust even more. I was like, see, stand your ground. Sometimes it's fucking painful. And you're going to be like, wow, I might lose family members. I might lose relationships, but am I going to lose that? Or am I going to lose my own sanity? Like true. Yeah. <laughs> sanity. True. Like, I'm like, who's going to pay the price for that? If something happens to me because of that choice, it's on me, but I don't want that. So why would I choose yeah. it if I'm the one that's then responsible for it? You know? So that's where like being able to be more self-aware and bring that into those kind of conversations is a game changer because it's very difficult when we don't, when we don't understand like where we sort of, our beliefs are and the other people's are and not getting enmeshed in their stuff and trying to change people's minds to be okay. Because it's, it's just, it's impossible. Yeah. And I think there also comes a chance or a time when, because I'm navigating through that right now, especially as my family's grieving the loss of my grandmother from when we record this, it's only been a week. And I come from a very large family. My dad's one of eight. Um, so, you know, as I've also embarked on my own spiritual practice, my own spiritual journey beyond the conditioning that may have come or, uh, traditions from family. And now that I'm an adult versus just like a grandchild or a niece, uh, and being so sensitive as I am, I'm also able to recognize the projection of family. Yeah. And what I will and will not tolerate. That's it. You, you know, know and where those are the, the things are that, you. regardless if it's family, a partner, friends, yeah. a boss, mm -hmm. I think the more you cultivate that deeper spiritual awareness and connection with self and the divine specifically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yes, you can recognize uh, that what people are mirroring to you of yeah. you and mm -hmm. what the fine line of what is a projection and yeah. how are you going to navigate through that? Totally. And like you like, said, are you going to respond? Or are you going to react? Mm -hmm. or are you going to be compassionate? <laughs> yeah, um, be compassionate. Are you going to? We hope there's there can be a lot that can come up, but I think it's also yeah. uh, important to honor and what's arising and what you're feeling as you're navigating through oh, it. Absolutely, I think that's yeah. part of the fine piece as well, um, because it's. And when it comes to times like we've been living with a pandemic where, like you were saying before, there's so much uncertainty <laughs> and fear yeah. and, and misinformation. And point. And misinformation and cognitive dissonance. Mm -hmm. And people are like, what's even true anymore? Yeah. Like, we don't even understand this anymore. But the more you cultivate, I feel for people. But when you cultivate yeah. again that deeper level of intimacy, you can mm -hmm. you can also share what you will and will not tolerate, and what you will and will not absorb. Because yeah. I think it's also important to remember we choose what we take in. So you get to have a choice. Like you can turn the television off. You don't have to read the news. Like you actually don't have to do any of that. And when people realize, like. What's stopping you from doing that? Are you afraid someone's going to judge you? Do you think that someone's going to say, oh, you're not paying attention or you're ignorant, but that's their projection. Mm -hmm. You do whatever you need to do mm -hmm. to get through your day. If I don't watch television, for example, but you know, 
to each their own. People can do whatever they need to do for themselves. You know what I mean? But that's hard for people sometimes to, to let people have their experience. Well, it's also or, a pattern of boundaries. Like if you can't have yeah. boundaries with what's going on in the world, how do you have boundaries right. within yourself and in you your intimate <laughs> relationships, you know? So these are the patterns. That's where you start to recognize. Yes. These are the patterns we get to honor and recognize and have mirrored back to us and witness. And when you finally get to that place where it lands, like you said, Mm -hmm. (laughs) there is that point. You can shift. You can be part of the solution. You can say it ends with me. So I think like I'm not a victim of this anymore. Totally. And it's Mm -hmm. not just with the pandemic, politics, uh, family, uh, spirituality, religion, it's, it's all encompassing. It's all part of That's this just the human external experience. manifestation. I feel of, of all of our own internal like conflict, like what's, what we see out there is truly what's going on inside of us. Yes. At some level. Yes. And I think that comes from, again, the more you love yourself, the more you nourish yourself, the more you cultivate those boundaries, the more you say it ends with me, the more you embody your truth unapologetically. The more you have to give, honestly, and it's a huge gift to be able to have love and energy to to give to the world and to share your medicine. But it definitely, you know, we got to nourish ourselves first and, and learn that it's safe to to receive that love for ourselves and to take that time that we need when things are overwhelming outside or when the world is so crazy or we're stressed at work Mm -hmm. or whatever's going on right now. And to know that it's like, you get to take a break you get to give yourself permission to do whatever you need to do today. If that means again, turn off the TV, tell your friends, I can't talk tonight. I'm turning my phone off at seven, whatever, like making tiny little adjustments adjustments Mm -hmm. in your yeah, little refinements. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you need today? Maybe tomorrow is different, but maybe today you need a day off or you need to take half of a day just for you or whatever. You know what I mean? And like I'm you shared, if you okay. need to ask for that help or that need right. of that mm. of that space. And I think truly we are at the 11th hour right now. Like, I think that's why it's so intense is because everything has been coming up to the surface, the last of the remnants. But I really feel like we're at the 11th hour of truly experiencing 5D unity consciousness in our reality, but we've got to first cultivate that within ourselves. So that's where the sacred balance of our own inner masculine and our own inner feminine, our own inner child, our own adult self, uh, the teachings and traditions of the lineage and what actually we're not taking with us. Those are all the pieces. I feel like we're like at the precipice. It's like yeah, I feel right like there, what we've been know? talking about, yeah, in my groups is just how connected everything is. And I'm like, when you stop seeing yourself as separate and you stop seeing that person over there, you're over here, their belief, my belief, like when you can start to let that kind of merge and be like, wait a minute, we're all part of the same experience and we're all What's the golden thread? You know what I mean? Totally. So when people can actually sort of not just intellectualize that, but be like, oh yeah, wow, everything is connected. And so 
like, even though sometimes people think like, oh, what I'm doing isn't enough. Or if I go within and I'm not always projecting outward, but I'm actually like turning that energy inwards, it's not going to make a difference. And I'm like, I couldn't be further from the truth because your consciousness is what matters. So you focusing on your own and cultivating your own consciousness and raising your own consciousness is literally like the frequency that you're emitting. Like you are the change then. So yeah, if you want to go out into the world and do things like you're doing with your podcast or things that I'm doing or whatever, you know, that's fine too. But it is a huge contribution. And I try to remind my people of that all the time. Like you even taking time for yourself today is a huge step Mm -hmm. for the collective healing. So just know that you are part of the solution already just by having that awareness. Mm -hmm. It's like, like you said, I think we forget how much we're doing and it's like, it's a lot. So let's remember, like we're here and we chose to be here at such an important time and it is a pivotal time and it is kind of a chaotic time. But at the same time, we chose to be here right now on earth. If our souls are like, yep, we've got to be here during this period. Like we're here for a reason. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I think one of the biggest challenges is like being able to tap into that like higher frequency, but also being on like a dense, the earth plane is more dense and Mm. it's shifting, but it's like, that is, we're the bridge between like heaven and earth between those realms and then the earth realm. And so that is sort of the initiation. That is the challenge. Can I be human? Can I be here in my body? Can I be grounded on this earth plane when it feels dense and it doesn't feel like home? And can I still allow myself to be that channel, that, 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 that connection between here and there or whatever, you know what I mean? Just to make it like a visual, like I like to think of it as that just being the bridge between those realms. And even like as a priestess or using that term for me, that's all that it means. It means, well, it means many things to me, but on like a basic level, I see it as like the bridge between the higher realms and the earth realm Mm -hmm. and being able to, to channel that energy and, and let it just come through, um, and also be able to tend to our bodies. That's why so much of what I'm teaching is how to be in the body as opposed to just in our mind mm-hmm. to bring the awareness into the body to, to, you know, even like with Kundalini and things to, to, to focus on the nervous system, to be able to soothe and to be in your body literally, because a lot of us want to escape our body mm-hmm. because it's painful to be here sometimes. And so we find ways to numb out and escape and that becomes painful. So well, that because right we have a body too, for reasons. If you talk like my favorite thing of Kundalini Yoga isn't necessarily the Kriyas, but hmm. it were teachings of the lower triangle. So totally. in my upcoming book, I'm talking a lot about the lower triangle and the lower three chakras. Those represent your physical reality, while the upper three of the throat, the third eye, and the crown, where a lot of people in their adult space can really be stuck in. I was going to say, a lot of people are up here, mm-hmm. and it's like there is no real awareness of the body, and there is because the connection is the, the heart. Mind. Totally. And some people are afraid to dive deep into the heart of understanding where they still need love, self love, mm-hmm. where they can be more compassionate. Uh, where they can be present. Um, Because if that heartbeat isn't pulsing, you're dead. So like that is the present (laughs) right there. But if you still have the trauma from your subconscious forming between the ages of like zero, seven, eight, your uh, sacral sexuality between your pubescent years of like eight and 16, uh, and then your solar plexus between the ages of around like 15, 16 till about 22, 23. Uh, 
those are the major developmental spaces of your personality, which is what you're really sharing. Like you're a spiritual mm-hmm. being having a human experience, but what differentiates you from everyone else is your personality. So again, mm-hmm. if you have a lot of those unprocessed um, regrets or fears, traumas, emotions, programs, um, beliefs rooted from those ages, you can't live in your heart space. And I think a lot of what's also evolving to unify the head and the heart uh, is that understanding of your personality and allowing yourself, if you want to, to redefine that um, as well. And so I think that's another piece that can really be brought individually through partnership, um, through collective groups and, you know, programs and community. And I think a lot of this is what's really coming up and what will help us also heal our bodies. And I think that's why I'm navigating through what I am as the last piece for my own unity consciousness is clearing out the last of the remnants. I mean, for me to be having multiple seizures, but my brain scan doesn't show their seizures. That to me is like, okay, then this is an exorcism. (laughs) Yeah. It's like something's going on here. Yeah, And I think (laughs) energetically something's happening because otherwise it wouldn't happen. Right. And I do think that, that the physical connection and the connection with our body is really an integral part of the spiritual path. And I do think that a lot of uh, you know, the spiritual texts, a lot of them talk about the Kundalini rising and the Shakti rising and rising your energy and getting it up into your crown. And that's great. But like, we need descending power as well. We do need to bring the energy back down. Integrate. Integrate, you know, like we don't just want to be up in our crown chakra. I mean, having an open crown chakra is a beautiful thing, but being disembodied or not having a connection to your, to the physical realm is where a lot of people get lost. Mm-hmm. So I think it just the balance, if balance is even a thing. I know, think and it goes back again to that bypassing of, you know, you know it is easier to be in our head. That's how we're conditioned. So mm-hmm. I get it. We're doing as a, I'm in my first month of this like year long program. And in the first month I'm keeping it very light on the to do again, this is not a year of to do. And I explained that to the ladies in the beginning, this is an unfolding. This is like a mystery unfolding. And a big part of it is learning to be in the body and to start to let go and release the stories and the narratives and the mental tapes that are playing on repeat and the things that keep us up here. Mm -hmm. And so for the first month and everyone's having a lot of challenges with it because they're like, shit, this is like so hard. I'm so used to being in my head and in this story or in this specific thing that I play over again and again, or I'm so identified with my pain, like letting that story go feels so uncomfortable. Like who am I without this um, trauma or who am I without this pain or who am I without the story that I tell to people? Yeah. I just, there's just so much shifting that's happening and a deeper awareness. That's also um, an empowerment that's really coming up in a way. And I just think too, that the kids that will come out from here on out are coming from a whole new millennia and are now kids of the Aquarian age. They like literally they're... are. My sister has two babies now and I'm like, and I am, and her husband's very like open and she's also pretty open, like spiritually, even though she's not as much like, she doesn't really talk about it as much, but she's definitely very intuitive and her, 
her husband is also very open and he he's actually like almost on the spectrum, high functioning, but like very highly sensitive, like deeply intuitive, big feeler. And it'll be so, I'm so interested in these babies because one was a Scorpio. She was almost born on Halloween, which I was like so excited about. I'm like, I just want like one witchy niece, like born on Halloween. She was born on the 30th. So yeah, it's, it's cool to see this new generation. I can't wait just to see, because even my siblings are like 13 years younger than me. So we do have a pretty big gap and they're, they're all really, really open. Like it's just such a different generation already in their twenties. So I'm super excited to see, I mean, who knows those little kids now that are being born now are literally like our future. Mm -hmm. And there's like kids in college now that are also a lot more comfortable talking about mental health. Oh, definitely. Those pieces too, that I think are part of the evolution and are a lot more comfortable in their sexuality and all these pieces. So I, like I said, I do feel like we're part of the crew. That's like the last of, because we are, we're the last of the Piscean age as well. So it's like, what from the Piscean age are we willing to bring into the Aquarian age that is coming from a space of purity? Because I think that's the only thing that's going to be able to sustain in the Aquarian age from the Piscean is are the very things that are pure, that are divinely guided, that are reverenced with that divine essence. Otherwise, the segregation and the shaming and the bullying and the division, those pieces can't. Well, we can see they're not even, they're not standing up even now with what's going on, like politically and with all this virus stuff. It's like people are already realizing even the ones that don't, aren't spiritual, or they're like not seeing it from that perspective. Even those people are like, this is ridiculous. Like mm-hmm. even those people are starting to be like, mm, yeah, something's off here. This is, this isn't, uh, this isn't resonating. Something's off. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not buying it. So that's great. You know, like people are starting to question things and, and questioning reality is powerful. <laughs> like mm-hmm. at least having questions and, and having some, some critical thinking, but also listening to your intuition. Like that's why, again, I was saying going into our bodies and starting to let go of some of the stories and starting to let go of the identification with those stories and learning to actually just be present in our body and let it speak in whatever way that it does and start to listen to what our body and our intuition is telling us. That is our guidepost. Like that's how we move forward. That's how we start to really truly evolve beyond needing to look to the government or whoever else to tell us what to do. If you don't have any connection with your intuition, of course, you're going to look outside of yourself and be like, what do I do? Can you tell me what I need to... But like the deeper that we're connected in with ourselves and that starts with our body because our body is literally our vessel to communicate intuitively with us. That's why we have it. So that to me is why the body connection is so important. And some of us like you or me that taught yoga or that we've been practicing like mindful movement for a long time, obviously you understand the mind, body, spirit connection, but not everybody hasn't experienced it yet. So I introduce embodiment practices and all the stuff now that I'm doing, because I just think it's so important and not everyone's going to do a yoga practice. So I'm like, that's okay. We'll do a two minute. Like, we'll just sit, we'll move a little bit. We'll breathe. That's okay. You can let go of those rules. Like you don't have to do it that way, but let's practice something. You know what I mean? Let's try, let's start somewhere, start small. It's fine. Again, Mm -hmm. letting go of a lot of that rigidity and need for it to be like, ah, it has to be this. You just sit for an hour and you have to Oh, a lot of people aren't going to do that. So 
give them something that feels more digestible and let people organically get there. You know, if then they want to add on and they want to grow in their practice, that's great. But like one minute a day and breathe. It's a great start. Little yeah, things and building on that is amazing. I think too with well, you know, what's been going on and recognizing the division yeah. is also the invitation for us to see where have we been divided from our truth totally personally and where is their division from our, our, our sovereignty and our essence and who we truly are. So again, there's a, there's, I think there's also the awareness of having that fine tune of what's a reflection and what is a projection as an, a test to also see. Um, that can be know. so challenging, right? Like I know that that can be really tough for people to, to be yeah. like, what is mine and what isn't? And what is this showing me about me? Or is this truly this person's pain? And of course mm-hmm. we all have our own pain and we all have our own stuff and we all have shadow. So it's like, we kind of get that. And maybe it's just compassion in that moment. Maybe mm-hmm. it's just like, Maybe I just need, maybe I don't need to take this on at all. Or maybe it isn't that deep. Maybe it's just that I need to have some compassion for this person, for what they're experiencing right now or what they're saying to me and they're doing their best and it might not be that great, but <laughs> they're where they are. And can we just accept that? You know, it doesn't mean and that to, we to have that boundary. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. To have yeah, that boundary and to have uh, a deeper level of intimacy with that person's truth that is, the truth of who they are is that they are a spiritual being and they are made in the likeness of God as well. Totally. But Just again, like all of that, us, right? That projection, fear. It's uh, a distortion in the field. That's mm-hmm. all that it is. It's like when we can start to just see how much distortion there is and be like, this is just a distortion. This isn't love. Mm-hmm. It's not coming from a, from love because love isn't distorted, right? But obviously like People are where they are. So yeah, it's, 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 that's, that I think really truly is like day by day. Like as I was telling my group this morning, it was like one day at a time, you know what I mean? Some days were just, just so confronting and it can be so challenging. It can feel so hard and other days it feels easier. And it's like the more that you are nourishing yourself, it's definitely a lot easier to be compassionate with people. It, clearly it's going to be hard to be compassionate and kind to people when we're burned out. So of it is definitely a call <laughs> to and do that's some again, daily practice, right? Where it's the love or the opportunity for love. And I think the sooner you give yourself permission to recognize that within yourself of, I need to love myself right now because then I can, if not, sometimes you can project that pain and, you know, misery or resentment or frustration or whatever it is. Right. And totally. And so I think those are the bigger things again, that you, we need to work on becoming radically honest within ourselves. But again, that comes from cultivating that deeper level of intimacy, um, and awareness of, of self. Totally. Uh, and just understanding too, like, can you give yourself permission to release that from your body and not hold on to that? Cause sometimes we also want to hold on to that because it's what we know. And like, yeah, like I was saying, saying a lot of, as, as the exercise is like this month, it's like make a journal. Like I've got the ladies like journaling out all of the past. This month is about creating spaciousness. Cause I was like January for our Rose temple, the theme is death and rebirth. We were talking about death earlier and the 
the cycle of life and that death can be really painful and that releasing or allowing a death to, to happen can be really scary, whether that be a literal death or whether that just be a metaphorical, like I need to create space, I need to let something go. And so we're creating that spaciousness this, this month. And I was like, I'm not filling it with a bunch of stuff to do. So this month might feel like light on the, on the in the portal and with things to do, because it's not about to do. This month is about creating more presence and starting to feel into what comes up when there's space. And like, what do you want to fill the space with immediately? And like, what, like, do we want to just get back in our heads and fill that? So they're saying like a lot of resistance is coming up because it is like, but what if my story is my pain? And then if I can't tell my pain story every day, well, I don't know who I am. And that's scary for people because they're like, who am I without this pain? It's their identity. Totally. And I get that. And so it's Mm -hmm. like, and to be kind to themselves and be like, it might feel hard to release that story because that story might become so much a part of your experience every day. You think that's who you are. And Mm -hmm. You really start to believe that's who you are. And but that right there is exactly why I said, like, if you still have the unprocessed traumas from yeah. your childhood, especially, yeah. that's why you will identify yeah. with that victimness or whatever. Or just and your so, pain body in general, pain, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so yeah. that's why when the challenges and the traumas arise. That's the invitation. I talked about this a lot uh, with Nikki Cosmo's episode. Yeah. Was that there's nuggets of wisdom that can be found from those traumatic episodes. Of course. If you give yourself permission to look at it and to be intimate with yourself in that moment. And I think that's maybe... Uh, this conversation needed to be shared today so that people can hear that for that invitation for them. Because I do feel, you know, two years of everything being shut down and all this weirdness, like Mm -hmm. people are at their wits end and are just fucking over it. Yeah. Like I was sharing with my group too. Like, I don't want us to just feel like we're working on our pain for the whole year. Like this is also a year of pleasure and a year of like incorporating joy. And it's not all about our trauma. Like I get it. And of course, like people have things and that's fine. You know what I mean? But at the same time, it's also giving ourselves permission to release some of that and to be okay with like not needing to carry that huge burden every day and not needing to like carry this heaviness all the time and that we do get to release some. But again, when we've been used to feeling heavy and feeling weighed down or always working on ourselves, quote unquote, uh, I can feel it's weird. It's exhausting. <laughs> I'm like, I'm exhausted just to be honest. And I yeah. get it. And at the same time, like, let's remember that we're also going to play and we're also going to like have fun. And it's not just going to be like work, 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 and work, and work, and work. Like, yeah. And at some point we can also like, I don't know. I don't want to say like go beyond that or transcend it because I think it's important. I just think there does come a point where it's like, am I just kind of beating a dead horse or am I... Because again, I think what we're doing, at least in my space, is like feeling like I was like, what if like instead of the story of the pain, you just let yourself feel the energy that was coming up. So maybe you're feeling sadness and that's coming up as tension in your chest or you're feeling um, grief and it's coming up in your stomach. What if instead of telling a story about it, you were able to just 
locate that experience, that feeling, and let that energy move through your body and mm-hmm. use your embodiment. So that's what we're doing. It's like using the embodiment and the movement to actually just move that energy and don't create a story around it. Just let it be energy that needs to move through you, just like your anger or anything else. Let's not judge it. Let's not create a label about it. Let's just allow it to be energy and it's raw energy and it needs to move. So mm-hmm. that's that's what we've been practicing. And yeah, the ladies are like, wow, this is liberating because <laughs> a lot of times we make a huge story around it and the story itself can become heavy and we might then create judgments about the story. So it's just like kind of unraveling that because I think a lot of us were taught that too. And a lot of like spiritual growth has been like work on yourself because you're broken. <laughs> It's like just kind of remembering like we're not broken. Obviously it's a, it's a paradox because there's our soul wants to evolve, but also we're whole and complete. It's like, we don't have to be fixed. We're not broken, but we will have the impulse to grow and to evolve because like, I believe that's why we are in a body and that's why we incarnated. So just kind of remembering this is like, let's play with it. Let's play with that duality. And it doesn't have to be like heavy all the time. Amen. So I want to wrap up uh, this conversation with the lightning round question. Okay. So what would you say to your younger self? I would tell her to be kinder to herself. Hmm. I was very hard on myself. Mm-hmm. What would you say was the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? My boss, when I worked at the Ritz-Carlton, told me, Allie, it is Allie Incorporated. So she said, always remember that no matter where you're working, who you're working for, and even if one day, because this is before I had my own business, but she said, even if you don't work for yourself, you have to remember to take care of you and remember that she just told me it's Allison Incorporated. So remember to take care of you, put your needs first, do what you need to do for yourself. And that just always stuck with me because it was easy to sort of like, think that other people were going to get you to where you wanted to be. And she was like, ultimately like you will get you there and you'll be supported. But just remember, like, it's, it's not like it's up to you, but I hope you know what I mean. Like that piece Mm -hmm. of advice always stuck with me. What is the one book that really revolutionized your life? Oh my God. I want to say the book Siddhartha. Like I read it when I was 21 and I was living in Italy by Herman Hess and I still, I don't think I completely understood it when I read it at that time, but it fell on my lap. A friend of mine gave it to me and then I reread it years later. And I feel like I want to go back and read it again because now I know that it would like truly resonate, but I do remember that being pivotal. That and the mm-hmm. Celeste, the Celestine Prophecy, is that the name? I read those mm-hmm. at the same time and the Alchemist, they all fell on my lap at the same time. So, and I was like about 21. So those three were kind of like my spiritual awakening books. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I'm going to go back and reread them. (laughs) Maybe I planted a little seed right there. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) Where can we find more of you? You can find me on Instagram at my name, just Allison.Lassard. And I'm mostly focused on Instagram right now. I've got a podcast, Radiant Alchemy, but it's kind of in the works of, of getting tweaked. So I would say Instagram is the place to be. Amazing. And what last little nugget of wisdom do you want to share? I feel like there's so much. I just feel like if we could remember to, like I said, like I would tell my younger self to be kinder to ourselves and every morning sort of wake up and just tell yourself something nice in the mirror. You know, we're all doing our best and this is a challenging time. So I would just say to be kind to yourself today, to be kind to yourself tomorrow. I think that's so important. It's so simple, Mm. but it makes such a big difference. Totally. (laughs) 
Well, I thank you for being here. And I love you so much. Your medicine. I love you so much. <laughs> and I'm really, really proud of you and seeing the evolution of your medicine and your work and just really you answering the call to be a leader has been, like I said, I just feel like I'm that mom at <laughs> a high school football game. Like, yeah, Allison. I wish you were my mom at the high school football game. <laughs> that's what, I don't know why, but that's what came through. And that's what I just keep seeing. You're an um, awesome soccer mom. I love it. <laughs> thanks. I do my best. But thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Check out Allison. Let us know what you think. And we'll be hearing from you soon. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning into this powerful episode of the Sovereign Society podcast. To keep this conversation flowing, I invite you to join us over at the Sovereign Society private Facebook group and to follow us over at Sovereign Society podcast on Instagram. If you want to keep up with me, subscribe to my YouTube channel where you can watch these episodes and so much more. I welcome you to come on over and say hey on Instagram at Sabrina Riccio. And if you love these conversations, please support the podcast by subscribing and leaving a rating and review on iTunes. To share the love, all you got to do is search Sovereign Society Podcasts. And of course, if you're ready for more, stay tuned for next week because we've got a whole new episode coming your way. Take care. Satnam. Satnam.